Hey, humanoids. On today's episode of The Masked Man Show, we discuss Daniel Bryan's return to the WWE ring. That's pretty much it. We talk about uh, Ultimate Deletion. We talk about Raw, SmackDown, The Road to WrestleMania. But mostly we're talking about Daniel Bryan, and that's the way it should be. As always, we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can listen to my other show, The Press Box, on the Channel 33 feed. This week, my other tag team partner, Brian Curtis, and I talked about the startling story behind John Skipper's ESPN departure, how cable news is staffing the White House, and some notable media moments from the NCAA tournament. Be sure to check out, as always, be sure to check out TheRinger.com. There's a great article by yours truly on Daniel Bryan's return that's up right now. Um, and now, let's get on with the show. Hey, Peckerheads, it's me, Peter Rosenberg, the most mage mage caster of them all. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Rust Battle Season 1 champion Mike Lawrence. This is Scott Rustin. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the you know you're listening you're to. You're listening to and you are listening to you're listening, you're, listening, you're, listening to. you're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. This is Dave Schilling. Hey, yo. Big Daddy Dave Schilling. And listen, I'm not even going to mess with any preamble this time. We've got enormous, uh, the biggest news and uh, the biggest comeback in professional wrestling history. I'm just going to say it. Well, it's since Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels I is think on the list. bigger than Shawn Michaels okay. is he's been, we just got, word came out yesterday, WWE had uh, cleared to return to the ring Big Cass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's seven foot tall. Yeah. And you can't teach that. Um, no, you can't. Uh, no, Daniel Bryan is back. Yes. How did this happen? Yes. yes. Well, there's been chatter for the last few weeks. And in going back to the beginning of this convoluted storyline with Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn about him wrestling at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I'm just sitting doing my doing my business, working, and I for some reason am getting a bunch of activity on my Twitter for everything I've ever said about Daniel Bryan the last two weeks. And I'm like, what's going on? So then I go to WWE.com and there's the story. I um this would uh, I wish I wish Brian Dipperstein were sitting right here next to me because he would this is the the story involves him and we got to get him on the show but the, but uh I was at the dentist getting a, fitted for a crown which is just an incredible wonderful story and yeah phone's blowing up but the actually the first I, I reached in my pocket while I'm lying in the dentist chair and there's this group chat that Dipperstein is on I'm on we people we talk about this all the time Rosenberg's the, uh, Jew on World there Order? Jew World Order Mage. I look at my phone and I, and someone said something to the effect of like, holy shit, Brian. And that's it. And I was like, what? And I scrolled back up and the previous comment on there was Brian Dipperstein. <laughs> com- like, because he's just the most amazing dude proclaiming to be a lifelong Kid Rock fan. 
<laughs> so when I see holy shit Brian, I'm like, oh, someone just saw the the Kid Rock bit and reacted to it. And then it took me a good five minutes before I looked at, got to look at my phone again and realized what was going on. I think I was the one who broke the news to you. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. I yeah, I was just I guess I gotta tell somebody. It's amazing. Who else am I gonna tell? Not Jim. Jim no. doesn't even know who Daniel Bryan is. Jim like, doesn't have a phone. Was he an ECW? I don't I don't care if he wasn't an ECW. Um This is incredible stuff. It's amazing. It all happened so fast. It did. The, there's I mean, I it, it's like I, I kinda wanna do like a like a postmortem or you know, a total breakdown of everything that we've seen. Well, let's get to. The, I, mean, I think the 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 big question, if I mean, just on a really nerdy level, but the big question is like, when was this actually in play? Like, how long has this been in play, right? Um, you know, presumably they didn't find out yesterday, no, right before the announcement. It's not, it's not <laughs> like they got the final test results and they were just and a bell went off and he got to you know go be a wrestler again, so. You know, if you if then if you stipulate that WWE's been sitting on this information for a couple of weeks, then maybe it's been a couple of months. You know, maybe it's the whole maybe this whole time where we were just like complaining that there's no real payoff to this angle. Uh, maybe this has been sort of in their back pocket. Now, as we've seen in the build to WrestleMania and all the other matches, um, you know. There's there might be a there might be a straight answer, but there's no straight lines or, you know, it, it's it's uh, the most likely answer here is probably that, like, they knew it was possible, possible. So they were sort of booking towards it, but had a lot of outs. Yeah. Um, but so we'll, we'll we'll come back around to that to, to try to answer that theory, at least our opinions on that answer. But the but, um, you know, I think you can sort of draw a line. To on smaller things, Brian's been conspicuously absent for the past on and off, but for the past month or so, yeah, you we could, joked on the show about him like taking, like getting to go home early for his job's ninety minutes long, and he like goes home early, you know, or like he's like taking pay per views off or whatever. He's been, yeah, I, it feels like it's all happened fairly recently. Yeah, another fun timeline thing, not fun timeline thing, but if you want to get into it, as excited as we were. When they WWE.com announced this yesterday, that Daniel Bryan's back in the ring. Um, it's pretty clear after watching SmackDown that they were, sort of were forced, they forced their own hand. They, they had to announce this yesterday morning to cut, I mean, to, I mean they, they couldn't, I mean, they, it would have been a better story, better storytelling. If they had shocked, if they had not had him announce his return, and and then had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn destroy him, oh, absolutely. I mean, they could just like if they if they if, a, if the beatdown started and WWE just cut the feed, like that would have been the greatest thing ever. And then announce their retirement on WWE or their firings on WWE.com, like that would have been insane. But when you spent the better part of three years insisting that Daniel Bryan's brain is in no, you know, condition to ever wrestle in a WWE ring again, you can't fuck around with that. No, and I think they probably formulated a lot of potential ways to get this information out there and to and to run this angle. And I think, despite how those of us who were around for the Attitude Era might feel, the best way to handle it in the in the Twitter era is to put it out there and let people get excited, have mm-hmm. a conversation on social media, and then you get that great moment at the beginning of the show. What a great promo. Which is uh, crazy to say that this might be 
his best promo ever because his best promo ever could have been the the uh, yes movement takeover it could have been his retirement like he's just one of the best promos i think we've ever it's seen it's crazy i wrote i wrote a piece about his retirement that went up today um and or about his return to action sorry that, that went up today and when you look back over the the Daniel Bryan, the WWE specific career arc, you know, Daniel Bryan always had hardcore advocates from the moment he stepped foot in NXT. You know, I mean, it's not and, and those there were certainly people who believed that he was, you know, the second coming of Ric Flair you know, that he he was the total package that, you know, he could do whatever. But I mean, primarily the reason why we loved him is because he was so anti WWE. He was too small. He was too pasty. He was too normal looking he was you know interested in a different style of wrestling not just he worked an indie style like he was deeply committed to a style of wrestling that didn't work you know that wasn't the the going fair in wwe um and frankly he was like he was not known as a good talker you know and that's part of his appeal it's like you don't have to be the i mean people who were who were uh you know the, the the daniel bryan diehards I'm on some level, I'm sure loved the fact that he was like the opposite of the rock. That's just what he was. He couldn't, he, he wasn't going to get a crowd over, you know, get over with a crowd just by like picking up a microphone. The most insane thing about Daniel Bryan's career in WWE isn't just that he got over to the extent that he did, but that he was good at everything, but everything you put every, I mean, like every situation they put him in, he excelled, right? I mean, just, you know, getting over, as a heel it seemed impossible for a little guy like that, right? I mean, getting over at all seemed impossible. Getting over as a heel seemed impossible. Getting over as a leading man into the AJ Lee storyline, you know, I mean, he's basically a romantic lead, you know? Getting over as a uh, as a top draw in Raw when he was feuding with Punk for the WWE title, I mean, WWE championship, and then, and then be, getting over as a comedy act with Kane, still even at this point, I don't I don't think if you know he was regarded as a great promo and then he gets he has to, he reti- when he, he when he retired when he was forced to retire he cut like you said cut the best promo of his career and then somehow went on to be a great a great talker as a commissioner his stuff on talking smack was some of the most interesting stuff that's happened over the past 2 years yeah i mean you can you can directly work wise yeah, I mean, it was, you, you can point to him being an integral part of that Miz promo, the the legendary Talking Smack Miz promo. Not that he had a lot to say, but that he knew when to talk and what to do, and and he he reacted both genuinely and I'm sure on a kayfabe level, reacting to that character. But I think you you touched on something really important with why Daniel Bryan matters or mattered to wrestling fans is because his his promo style, his in ring style, drastically different than. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. John Cena. You can you can draw a line from Austin to Rock to to Cena, uh-huh. and Daniel Bryan exists somewhere else, uh, and that's important. And that has has been the way that the top guy in the business in WWE has has uh, carved out their place is by being different. You go from Bruno mm-hmm. to Hogan. Hogan's totally different than Bruno, oh, yeah. and then from Hogan to Shawn Michaels. And Bret Hart, who are tiny guys who maybe don't cut the same kind of intense Hulk Hogan-esque promos, who are great wrestlers. Then you go to Austin and Rock, who are next-level promos, funny, uh, they're brawling style for the most part. And then John Cena's kind of like almost 
like a gray area between those two. And that's why I think he never really became as beloved as those two guys is because it was too similar. It was too close. Sure. I mean, it was, that. it was a, it was a takeoff of what they were doing. For yeah. Sure. So to find the next guy, you need to find what's popular now with the zeitgeist and you need to have somebody who's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing and it's going to be unique and different and compelling in its own way. Yeah. I mean, he was so great. I mean, his entire run was so great. His run to the top at WrestleMania 30, which is obviously like the biggest moment, was just unbelievable. And the most incredible thing, and this is kind of what I write about in the piece, is he's, for all the pipe bombs, you know, for all the shoots, the, the you know, the, the, shoot mo- the, the shoot fights that happen in the ring, you know, between the bells, for all the reality that we feed off of as adult smart smartened up wrestling fans that's what that that is the the most important part of pro wrestling is i mean from its very beginning is the tension between what's real and what's not right but for all of the things that we celebrate brian daniel bryan is the most real of every pro wrestler or pro wrestling storyline pro wrestling anything full stop yeah because his storyline is his real life he yeah. was never supposed to make it and he did you know, it's a real Rocky story. And, uh, you know, Rocky is the template for every great sports mm-hmm. narrative. Uh, so to have that be sort of real and who knows how real all of this is and, and the timeline, I almost don't care. I know there are a lot of wrestling fans who are like, I need to know. I need to know what Meltzer has found out about when did they know and how did they know and when was the decision made? I just want to enjoy the story. Whatever the reality of it is, is is less important to me than how it makes me feel. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If you want to know, I mean, uh, Meltzer talked about it on his podcast and and had a lot of, you know, a lot of background information. But it's all been, I mean, it's it's all been a haze to everybody who was trying to report on it, too. I mean, it's, it's you know, they're putting pieces together after the fact. And I agree with you. I, yeah. I, um, I, I was, you know, I was very interested. It was It was sort of like... Like Game of Thrones spoilers. It was like I I was so t- caught up in the euphoria of Daniel Bryan yesterday that I inhaled everything that I could find about Daniel Bryan. But then afterwards, I was like, nah, I didn't need to know that stuff. Yeah, I probably would have been happier when I woke up today if it was still just like mostly a storyline to me. Yeah, I, there were some tweets I saw from JBL that were not so subtly implying that Meltzer got worked about this whole thing. I'm, I'm shaking my head. Listening, <laughs> I have no idea if that's true. And again, I don't care. It's sometimes you just have to enjoy this stuff and be a fan. And as much as the inside gossip is fascinating for this particular moment, I'm really glad that it just played out and that I got to see it happen. And this comes from somebody who was complaining ad nauseum about this storyline and where is it going? It's not, it's not going to pay off. What's it going to be a like, handicap match, triple threat, who cares? And now you see it. It's like, wow, that was really great storytelling, even though there were moments where you wanted to rip your face off. It was so pedantic. But it was building to something. It turned out to be that it was building to something. Yeah, and sometimes you just... That's the great thing, is that we don't know. It's just like the run to WrestleMania 30. We don't know at what point WWE realized they, well, decided to put him in the main event. Slash realized they had no choice but to put him in the main event. Now, that, I mean, that's, a, that's the sort of archway of looking at it. And I wrote about this in my piece, too. It's like the great debate that's happened since then is whether or not it was sort of 
on their time. Like they made the decision sort of happily. They were like, holy shit, this guy's getting over. We got to do something with this. Or if they felt like they were forced to do it, that's the way that most fans, at least, you know, internet wrestling community fans and people that I see talk every day um, seem to take it. I think it's a little bit of six, one, half a dozen of uh, the other. And also, if the if the argument is that WWE just loves to spite their fans or is unable or unable to understand what the fans want, then it doesn't make sense that they put them in the main event. It doesn't make yeah. sense that they caved at that point. Right. Well, there's also the the school of thought that says it was a work from the beginning. They, sure. they always planned it to to end up this way. Well, Daniel Bryan's on the record saying it's not a work. So I don't know if they He's, Daniel, a re- he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. <laughs> he's a wrestler. But this is part of the, you know, Daniel Bryan and Rhea is the mo- is the realest guy ever. You've interviewed him, right? Have you ever interviewed no, him? No, no, no. He's one of the most disarmingly honest people in the world. Yeah. I mean, the first time I talked to him was for, I mean, maybe maybe he had just become champion. I don't remember. It was a phone call interview. He, um, I think it just it was an interview that ran on Grantland. And I didn't I don't really do interviews, but it was a good, you know, it was Daniel Bryan, someone you want to talk to, you know? And he was so a lot of times I'll do these interviews and realize there's nothing there. You know, if you're just giving me PR, then that never gets published. But he was just like so honest and straightforward and kind of clear-eyed about his role in WWE. You know, he was just like, you know, people you know, talk, talking about how wrestling's a variety show or you know, it's like a vaudeville show and if there's not, if the big show is not there, then Daniel Bryan has less significance. Yep. You know, and that's really true. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he's, a, he's an incredibly honest dude. And when he says, you know, as far as I knew, I was wrestling Sheamus and we were going to be like six from the top and get 10 minutes. Like he, he's, he said that in an interview. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that. But that's how, I mean, to say that like they didn't, they had this thing planned and then it became this other thing. I mean, WrestleMania 34 is not what Vince and WWE had planned a year ago, and not, it's not even what they had planned four months ago. You know, every these things change all the time. Yeah, I mean, other than Lesnar they just, and Reigns, they just brought back Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, and, and right now he doesn't have a, a job at WrestleMania. So one would assume that when they were inking that deal, they had a they had a plan sketched out for his WrestleMania arc, right? Yeah. Anyway. Back to Daniel Bryan. He's back. He's back. And most likely wrestling at WrestleMania. They certainly set it up to, to be that tag team match that we've been thinking about for a while. And, uh, you know, all of the, the the tension between Shane and Daniel Bryan, it's like, is this going to be a heel turn? What's going to happen? <laughs> but it's almost like, wow, all that tension brought them together and made them closer. And now the friendship that I assume they're going to be relying on psychology-wise in that tag team match is going to feel more real. Yeah. I, it's it's been it's been great. I, I can't believe looking back on it now. So I, I I'm into the story. So it's been a great story with this this being the payoff. I mean this is separate from the Daniel Bryan story, which I wrote it, you know, we've we've alluded to it. It's in it's crazy that something this terrible had to happen <laughs> in his life. And it's and I you know wish he had those the last two years back. But the Daniel Bryan narrative is better now than it was when he left. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And and the, the, the craziest thing is, if you were writing a movie, if you were writing a storyline, I mean, if you're WWE, you're not taking one of your biggest draws and pulling them off TV. But if you had the balls to do that and the financial wherewithal, this is the way you would tell it. Yep. 
Yeah, but you always say you should like you gotta you gotta you gotta tr- you gotta really you know trust the work. You know, I mean, the the one thing that we wish they would do more of is like when CM Punk walked out, let him be gone for three months, for four months, for six months. You know, yeah. they can't do that. But if they had the if they were to do it, it would be a lot more powerful. And this is he is the storyline hasn't changed. You know, this isn't this isn't Shawn Michaels where they kind of have to reboot it a little bit. You know, and like and reposition him. This is the same Daniel Bryan storyline we've been do, we've been playing out since. WrestleMania 20, what was 28 or 29 when he got kicked by Sheamus in the face? It was 28. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah. Or, yeah, it was, was it Miami? Yeah, it was Miami, not Orlando. Uh, and also kudos to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for two brutal beatdowns. Great beatdowns. Those guys are going to have heel heat for a long time. Until one of them turns baby. <laughs> well, of course, it's wrestling. But, uh, you know, we always, or I always, say uh, he's being wasted he's not doing enough and he just finds a way to get into these storylines that end up being incredibly compelling from from the uh chris jericho stuff to then with shane and now all of this it's 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 been a good year for him in retrospect yeah it's been fantastic and and now we get to fantasy book Daniel Bryan. Not fantasy book. Or it is fantasy book. It's booking, still fantasy book. But it's not it's not irrational fantasy yeah, booking. Unless your name is Road Dog, uh, your fantasy booking brother. Uh now we get to fantasy book Daniel Bryan into all of these dream matches. The crazy thing is and I and I, I wrote about this too. One of the wild parts of it is that the actual underdog story is if not for the for the return from injury, is much less powerful now than it was when he left, mm-hmm. because half of the company are people that were that are even that were even more unlikely than Daniel Bryan to ever make it into the main event of WWE, right? Yeah, like Daniel Bryan's success was what made people think, yeah, maybe we'll give Sam, maybe we'll give El Generico a look. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the Seth Rollins kid seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Rollins, yeah. you look at guys like Rollins and Ambrose. I mean, they look like. You know, I, you can understand why they brought the, why, you know, th- those might have, those guys would have been hired regardless. You know, who knows if, if they would have had the stigma of, you know, indie wrestling or whatever. But still, they, you know, Seth Rollins looks like a, looks like a uh, Vince guy. Yeah, but less so like someone like Finn Balor or even, I think, Dean Ambrose. T- Finn, Finn Balor, you could say that about Dean Ambrose. Certainly Owens and Zayn. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Half the dudes that are hanging out in NXT and and even 205. Yep. Yeah, so there are a lot of dance partners for him that were not there when he left. And all those guys, we have all these fans. It's funny because you look, I was reading through Daniel Bryan's, like, you know, the fight, his, his you know, his match history. Um, his last, you know, his, that period where he, he got fired after and for choking uh, Justin, what's his name, with his tie? Oh God! What is his Justin Gabriel? No, no the the the, the ring oh, Justin the ring Roberts. Answer. Yeah, Justin Roberts. <laughs> oh yeah, the Nexus beatdown. Yeah, during that period after he got fired, before he got rehired, you know, just reading all the people that he fought in that span, and then you look back to like the, his last year or so on the Indies before he got brought on the before NXT. Um, there's a lot of people that you know you uh, haven't heard a lot from since then or whatever, but they're like half of them are like WWE employees now. Yep, it's crazy. Yep. I mean, this is it's it's almost to the point where I think it's him and Mick Foley in terms of the two purest baby faces of all time, or not of all time, but you know, in since the Attitude Era. It is Foley. I mean, that's a sort of Foley. He does have a sort of Foley thing going for him. I think yeah. that's a that's a really good parallel. It's the um, beard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
It's it's just so crazy that he's back. This has been a busy week too because we have not even touched on the ultimate deletion yet. Um, I forgot the ultimate. Deletion. <laughs> it's sort of like Daniel Bryan wipes everything out of your memory. So this is my yeah. So this is my this is I texted this to you right after when you when when you broke the news that Bryan was back yesterday. I was just like, we're now start the countdown clock because fans are gonna turn on WWE again. Yep. For putting him in a tag team match at WrestleMania instead of giving instead of putting him up against Brock Lesnar. See, I think it's going to be fine through WrestleMania. People are just happy that he's back. Mm-hmm. It's that like, oh man, that relief that he's going to wrestle again. And then the Raw and the SmackDown after WrestleMania, people are going to be starting to scribble notes about he should be main eventing SummerSlam and he should, the here's who he should be wrestling at WrestleMania and it should be him and Reigns and all that stuff is going to, it's going to happen. It's just, that's the gravity of it, of, of him pulls all of people's attention towards him, unfortunately. Unfortunately for him, but unfortunately for well, everybody else on the card. It, but to be fair, He's been tied up in this Owen Zane, Shane McMahon storyline for some time. Yeah. So his involvement in that makes sense. But if you separate, I mean, if you take a step backwards, the injury story, I'm going to say storyline, but his, the injury that kept him out of wrestling for two years had nothing to do with Owens and Zane and Shane McMahon. Right. So you can use pretty like elementary wrestling logic and say he like it, it would make sense. Everything I've learned about pro wrestling means that as soon as he got that doctor's note, he should have quit his job, showed up on Raw, and smacked Roman Reigns in the face, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or or just gone after gone after Brock Lesnar. And I know we have wrestled their matches booked for WrestleMania, but like again, everything I've learned about wrestling that doesn't matter. Yep. If we're talking about this as a storyline, he needs to go straight back. I to never the top. lost the belt. Give me the belt back. Yeah, I'm the champion. Uh, yeah, it's, I think... So anyway, I I, I, I yeah. agree with you. People are going to be fine through WrestleMania. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him after that. Yeah, I think we have to remember that he's just coming back. I think I read somewhere that it's like 60 dates. It's not like a ton of a ton of work. That I saw that have. reference. I don't think anybody, I don't know if anybody had that down, but, but, I, but, I, but that's, I think that sounds fine. Yeah, the idea of him being the world champion again seems like a bad idea unless... You don't care if the champion's on TV, which, based on the way Brock Lesnar has been booked, they don't care. Listen, if he if he were if he can work and if he's in the shape, you know, if he's if he's here's the th- if you're clear to wrestle, I don't. Under, I mean, I, I, I whatever we can do to prolong his career, the better. If I was in his position, I would be negotiating for, you know, as few dates as possible. Yeah, and they protected um, the hell out of him in that beatdown too. I mean, it looked it looked good. But you can see them pulling punches and kicks, and that power bomb was very much all on the back. Yeah, I mean, I, I when it started, and Z- when when Zayn, I mean, I guess everybody listening to this has watched this, but I'd SmackDown so. ended with Owens and Zayn with him firing Owens and Zayn. Sorry, but I've you for- forced my hand. You'll be back someday. It happened to me, and then they beat the crap out of him viciously, viciously. Um, I think Kenny Herzog's writing about that for us. I think it'll probably be up tomorrow. Tomorrow being Thursday, just like all of these beatdowns and why they're effective and why they matter. But um, when when Zayn was on top of him laying in with the with the working punches, I was thinking, oh, they're not they're not confident yet because it seemed because like if if I thought the whole beatdown was going to be. You know, Owens with the knockdown and then just a bunch of punching and kicking. Yeah. That would have been the safest of safe ways. Yeah. 
Then they taught, and then he, you know, he got to get his stuff in. He did. He got some heat. He looked great. Yeah. I mean, his kicks look good. He's been, you know, he's, it's been, he threw that not, German suplex. No, it's been, it's been a, no, it's been an open secret, not even a secret. It's been, he's openly been training. Yeah. You know, he, he's, they won't let him wrestle, but he's not just been like sitting at home eating chips. <laughs> and he looked like he was ready to go. I mean, yeah. and, and it's funny, man, when I was writing about him, I know a lot of this has come out since he was, since he retired. Um, and certainly, but I think a lot of the stuff about his lingering injuries, um, there were a couple of stories written before his last comeback. But it's kind of shocking the degree to which he was working hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, he was defending the title with that, with no feeling in it, with no strength in his right arm. Mm-hmm. Like, not no feeling. <laughs> right. This wasn't like a, you know... He couldn't body slam Eddie Guerrero somewhere. situation yeah. or something like that. But, like, yeah, I mean, just like it wasn't... It just didn't have it all together. And he was just working through it, you know? I feel like that happens more than we'll ever know. Where it's like, oh, I've got a, a nagging injury. I'm just working through it. Like, Dean Ambrose must have been working for a while through his his arm injury. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's part of the job. But It's true. I mean, the only, people go down with, and we've, there have been some concussion cases, obviously. Yeah. But it's sort of like the NFL where, and this is not a knock on WWE's wellness policy, but it's sort of like the NFL just in that, like, if you if you you know fall down because you're dizzy if you got the googly eyes if you are clearly showing signs of a, you know of a concussion that then you know you get checked out and that like you know you you're out of you're out of action for months maybe it's the end of your career um but if you just get like you know dizzy if you just get you know just knocked upside your head like they used to all the time I'm not sure that that stuff gets scanned. All. You know, no one's like wa- like watching this tape in slow motion to see if any if you don't self-report what's going to happen. Yep. You know? So guys go down with like ACL tears because you just can't do anything anymore. Yep. But you do. You work through a lot of stuff. Unless you're, you know, unless you're in a position to be able to take time off. Yep. Unless you're John Cena and you're just like, I mean, John Cena notoriously has worked through torn triceps and pecs and stuff like that. But you know he knows that when he goes under the knife, his spot's going to be waiting for him when he gets back. Yeah, it's that there's definitely that fear that things are going to move past you. Like look at Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe gets momentum. It's like oh yeah, he's going to be a guy. He's going to work with Cena. It's gonna he's going to have a big WrestleMania match. He goes down. The revival keep you know coming and and coming out and debuting again. Somebody gets hurt and their momentum is totally gone. Now they're going to be in the in the Andre Battle Royal. Like, nobody cares when they come out because they just, they lost their spot. And it happens. And, and that, I mean, there's I don't that think pressure. they never had a spot. But. <laughs> sure, whatever the spot was going to be, they didn't get it. So you can look at the history of wrestling and look at guys like Shawn Michaels or look at Kurt Angle, who Kurt Angle worked hurt at WrestleMania 19. Mm-hmm. And that probably cut a lot of years off of his career and probably contributed to his but addiction. His career, his career is going to, his career is still going. Yeah, we He's should talk about wrestling that. at WrestleMania. I know. Um, let's do that. Let's uh, we're, we'll, we'll circle back around to Daniel Bryan. But you mentioned Samoa Joe. Before we talk about him, let's take a quick break. Student loans can completely wipe you out if you don't get a handle on them. How do you do that? Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace for student loan refinancing. And using their simple platform, it takes less than two minutes to find out if you're overpaying on your student loans. 
Plus, you could save thousands by refinancing right now. All you have to do is visit Credible.com slash Masked Man. Answer a few quick questions, and right away you'll get real rates, not ranges of rates, but real rates from multiple lenders. Credible.com is completely free to use, and checking your rates will not affect your credit score, so you really have nothing to lose here. The average user who refinances through Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan. Think about you what you could do with $19,000. You could fill a duffel bag with it and toss it out to the fans after you body slam uh, Big John Stud. That's right. R.I.P. Big John Stud, I guess. But uh, yeah, I would love to throw money at people. Listen, for a limited time only... Mass Man Show's listeners will get a $200 welcome bonus when refinancing through Credible.com slash Masked Man. Pay off your student loans faster or lower your monthly payment, whatever works for you. Just go to Credible.com slash Masked Man. All right, back to uh, Samoa Joe. He's one of the names that's been tossed around as a potential tag team partner mm-hmm. for Ron Strowman. <laughs> This is another one where it's like best practices storytelling runs up against, you know, just the functional necessities of booking WrestleMania. This way to tell the story is for him to win on his own. Now, maybe that makes the bar look bad, but Braun Strowman carrying both belts, that is the, that's the yeah, gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. But I, as soon as it's happened, my first reaction was it's going to be he's going to end up teaming with Elias because like he's going to be like Elias survived the piano. <laughs> I know he's tough enough to take on the bar. Yeah. Or he can't find someone in angles like, it's going to be Elias. Tough, tough shit. He's your tag team partner. But, you know, I think I said on the pod last week or the week before that, like, Elias is, could just play a song and and eat a rock bottom, and that's the a huge WrestleMania moment, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I've talked myself into it. I don't know if Elias needs to be Roman, I mean, be Braun Strowman's tag team partner. But one of the names that's been tossed around is Samoa Joe. Um, who are some other ones that people have talked about? There's Is there anybody else? Oh God! Big Cass has been mentioned. well. Big Cass would be oh, oh yeah. Big Cass would be an interesting one because the size thing. The Big Show is another one that people have talked about. We're just going to go like the two monsters. Yeah, but um, they don't like each other. You'd have to do one of those like early Sheamus and Cesaro odd couple I sort of deals. No, I agree with you. Any other wrestler in the business? <laughs> okay, but the Big Show does not need an explanation. Big Show. Big Show is has turned so many times. That's true. You're right. <laughs> He has no character motivation other than being large. They should have them be best friends, like team up, high fiving, and just demolishing people. And then, like, like one like next week on Raw, and then then have Michael Cole be like, "Guys, next week we have a very special mini documentary explaining how Big Show decided to become friends with Braun Strowman." <laughs> and there's all this build up, and then the video is just is just uh, Big Show. Waking up in bed in a hotel room and rolling over and then looking and then kind of shaking his head and then getting out on their other side of the bed instead. <laughs> and that's he the turned. entire documentary. He turned, literally. Um, Here's what I would do. And this is not going to happen because it's too late. He doesn't even work for the company anymore, I unfortunately. Know say. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Ellsworth. Yep. Because, Okay. We're not going to do a thing where Braun Strowman beats both of them by himself. Like, you don't want to bury Sheamus and Cesaro, even though it's Braun Strowman. He has been established as bigger and better than everybody except for Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to do that. 
But you do want that visual of him kind of doing it by himself. Yeah. And carrying the two belts. Yeah. It looks awesome. A, a, a belt on each arm. Like, that's a great thing mm-hmm. for him, for, for his heat. So you can't have him do that, but you can have him have kind of like an albatross tag team yeah. partner that he has to, like, drag to the ring, and it's kind of embarrassing for that guy. There's nobody else in wrestling where you can just kind of, like, bury them as a joke and it work and it not mess up the the credibility of the match because it's Ellsworth. Yeah. It'd be perfect. And then, of course, Ellsworth's career was started by Braun Strowman beating the shit out of him in a squash match. It would be perfect symmetry. It'd be a great WrestleMania moment for, for Ellsworth, fantastic. for Strowman, for everybody. I'd love it. It would be really great. Um, I mean, they actually could run that same storyline, less of an albatross situation, but they could just, like, if there's somebody... Like, if they, I mean, they could call up somebody from 205 Live. Um, but the pop is so much bigger if it's Ellsworth. Yeah. That's a huge moment. I, I I know it sounds ridiculous saying James Ellsworth coming back at WrestleMania is a big moment. No, no, it, would, it, it, would, be, it would be really good. And, yeah. and, and, and WrestleMania could use another sort of, you know, popcorn match. And I don't mean that as a, like, time to go to the bathroom. I mean, just a sort of refresher, like, you know. Oh, yeah, I was saying this a on comedy Twitter. Set, a comedy set. You, think, they, you look at that card, and there's there's no breaks. There's the two battle royals. Yeah, I I always take it. it I always take it back to, um, just because of my personal experience, what was the last New York WrestleMania? 29. 29. They had, what, three or four main event matches back-to-back to close the show, and they were all half an hour long, and it was like, I mean, just the, you know, the ring time felt like half an hour for each one, and it was brutal. Yep. Like, all they were all good, but by, I was dozing off. I mean, I was like, my my body had gone into hibernation mode by the end. It was, oh, that's a slog, you yeah, know? I appreciated last year where you had that women's title match, the six-way or five-way or whatever it was, in between Lesnar and Goldberg and Cena and Undertaker, or Cena and Undertaker, <laughs> Reigns and Undertaker. Uh, but there's no match like that this year, and you don't want to put a women's title match in that spot because it devalues the women's revolution sort of thing. You got to have something where people can just be like, ah, I can um, relax. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all in. All right, but here, but here's one other fantasy booking suggestion. Okay, I'm, I'm ready for By this. By the way, apologies. I'm, I'm going to tease this, but like apologies to everybody for whom NXT TakeOver New Orleans was spoiled last week because Wikipedia, I just started reading the matches off Wikipedia. <laughs> Honestly, I've watched, I didn't watch NXT last week, but like I don't know what's been announced even when I do watch. Yeah. My my point of reference is Wikipedia. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you're not watching NXT every week. I get it. Anyway, I will try to avoid such issues in the future. But what if what if Johnny Gargano is his partner? Surprise partner at WrestleMania. He works Saturday night and then shows up. That'd be great. Everybody's, he'll, whatever happens on Saturday, if he wrestles a match on Saturday, it'll probably end with like his farewell to NXT. Everyone's like, that was good. My heart is warm. I might watch 205 Live more than I normally do because that's where he's going to be. And then he shows up at WrestleMania. I'm more into that than Ellsworth because it, at least that gives Gargano something exciting to do. And he's he's got a lot of value going forward. Ellsworth is a comedy character. Yeah. He's he's a job guy. And he knows that. Um, so you're, you're putting somebody in that spot who... Has potential and has uh, you know room to grow in the company. I, I I like the Ellsworth idea. I don't mind. I mean the Gargano thing. I think is is could work too. I think that I feel like this is going to be Samoa Joe or Big Cass. 
I feel like okay. The functional answer is we need to it, we need to put another big name on the card, right? Yeah. Yep. Samoa Joe has earned this. Big mm-hmm. cast, we give him the spot, even if it's the Big Show. That you know, it's functional in the sense that like Big Show and Braun Strowman. It's functional in the sense that it sets up Big Show and Braun Strowman versus versus the Authors of Pain. That's yep. basically what it is. You know, there it's you like you like the, these things have like you. you Who's everything happens for these giant guys? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that'll be cool. So listen, we're spending too much time on this. Oh, you wanted to talk about um, Kurt Angle and the first necessi- lady of wrestle, wrestling, I, Ronda Rousey. I don't want to talk about it too much. It was just something that came up. It's it's funny. You think about all of these matches that are on this card, and every single one, save for a couple, could hypothetically be a pay-per-view main event. Almost all of them could headline a show. Maybe not a WrestleMania. Every match at WrestleMania? Just about. Save yeah. for like, no, I'm just making sure I'm clear on what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. All of these matches, so many of these matches, because obviously the tag team title matches, maybe not. The Cruiserweight title, definitely not. The Battle Royals, definitely not. But almost all of them are big money, big matches. And, and now I feel like Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which could have been considered the main event because it's the big pop culture yeah. celebrity crossover match, is totally dwarfed by Daniel Bryan coming back. Is that going to be the main event? Daniel Bryan and Chain versus Owens An argument and can be made. Bryan and, do we know? We realize this rhymes, right? Bryan and Zane versus Owens and I mean, Bryan and Chain versus <laughs> Owens and Zane. Yeah, I I didn't realize it rhymed until right now. Thank you. But I think a case could be made for a lot of these matches closing the show. And I don't know what I have to assume it's Reigns and Lesnar because that's what they do. Roman Reigns gets the big final match main event slot every year now. It's almost funny when you're looking when you're when you're breaking down the card as excited as we all are for AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Which by the way, we totally glossed over that. AJ Styles looked like he wasn't going to make WrestleMania for about 25 minutes this week. Yeah, he he didn't do anything. He sat there in silence and cut a very brief promo. You're talking about on Tuesday night. Apparently, he jacked up oh, his yeah. back or something over the yeah. weekend and then they had him they like rebooked his one of his weekend shows so that he just got the early beat down so he wouldn't have to work. His MSG. Yeah. And then yeah, but apparently he's cleared. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to work. I mean, obviously it's AJ Styles. But what I was going to say is like, this would have been, like if they had done, you know, AJ, I don't don't even know what the right answer was. But like you, there is a, a, it it would be very easy to book AJ Styles into the main event spot at WrestleMania, given the fact that there's not a clear main event spot right now. You know, if if you're not going to put Lesnar Reigns there, you know, if you're if you're working from a blank dry erase board, you could. There's a lot of ways you could make AJ Styles even as SmackDown champ in the main event perform the main eventer at WrestleMania. Well, yeah, that match has all the makings of the best match of the night. But I'm saying Nakamura is actually what's holding. The reason why we're never going to talk about that as an option is because Nakamura is not there yet, and that's no reflection on him. Sure, but you could do AJ Styles. You could see AJ Styles versus Triple H as the main event for WrestleMania oh, yeah. at 34. Definitely. I mean, that, that would have taken a lot of doing or whatever, but still, like, AJ Styles could have been main eventing. Yeah, this is going to be that uh, Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton spot where it's, like, close enough to the end of the mm-hmm. show that it doesn't feel illegitimate, but not the last match on the show. What's going to be, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was second to last, and not because I think that, I mean, this isn't, 
you know, based on anything, but you can see a world in which Reigns Lesnar is only 11 minutes long. Yeah. I kind of want it And to you be can short. see a world in which Undertaker Cena, assuming that happens, sorry for those who don't like to be spoiled. <laughs> it's going to happen. If under, <laughs> you can see a world in which Undertaker Cena is, you know, 18 minutes, but 10 of those are just, you know, gaga or whatever. Or an entrance. Yeah. No, no, I mean, they'll post entrance. They'll, oh, sure. Okay. They'll find a way to make that match of some length. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll be in the 15 to 20 range at least, but there could, might be a lot of, you know, you put somebody through a table and they lie there for a while. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they put, if, if, if something like AJ Nakamura goes on second to last to sort of break up the unfulfilling. Uh, I mean, fulfilling in a different way to to break up the candy bars for a course of vegetables. You know? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Um, anyway, let's run through the week to make sure we're not missing anything. I mean, we already we're I'm definitely sure we gonna are. miss something. Uh, I'm just let me. I'll just go through Raw and SmackDown results, and we'll see what happened. Okay, so Brock Lesnar attacks Roman Reigns to open Raw. That was brutal. Yeah. Um, what's the takeaway here? Uh, Brock Lesnar is the heel. They're really trying to do Roman Reigns as the underdog, which is just so perfect that they lined that up the week that Daniel Bryan comes back. <laughs> I did not enjoy that segment for the most part. I thought that trying to build up Roman Reigns as a Stone Cold Light character is another you know, classic mistake yeah. that they make where it's uh, there's a desire to make him more like characters from the past. Cena's got to be a little bit of Hogan, a little bit of Rock, a little bit of Stone Cold. Yeah. Reigns has got to be a little bit of Stone Cold, a little bit of Rock, a little bit of Hogan, too. I, it's like, eh. I agree. I, and I just feel like last week was that, I mean, last week's version, though, was actually sort of interesting. Yeah. I don't mind that they're running back some of the Stone Cold shit. You do got to make it, you do have to make it more different. But like, where was Vince this week? Yeah. To use him so cavalier, casually last week and then to not have him show up. Like, I don't know. He, was, was, he probably wasn't in Raw this yeah, week. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure that's yeah. the answer. But, like, how great would it have been if he had just, if Roman had called him out again, he came out from Gorilla and was just like, listen, I don't even know. This is all you have to do. It's five seconds of Vince's time. Listen, Brock Lesnar is not my guy. I have no idea where he is. I haven't even seen him. And then Brock Lesnar walks out behind him because you can say <laughs> he just showed up, yeah. but it looks like he's complicit, right? Yeah. yeah. And they just keep twisting that. Vince doesn't need to get involved with the finish to be a compelling player in the storyline. You know, I think that's probably their concern. Anyway, Le, uh, Reigns got handcuffed by the state trooper or the... U.S. Marshals. US and Marshals. then he beats up the U.S. Marshals and we're supposed to believe that... It's unnecessary. With, he, overly violent with those guys. They were just doing their job. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't just beat up cops all he, the time. He beat up some cops. Okay, a couple. <laughs> but it's one thing to punch somebody who's like just laid their hands on you. Yeah. He like knocked down a dude and then looked around the ring and then went and found him again and punched him over and over again on the floor. Yeah, it's just that's not Roman Reigns' character. Yeah. To just beat up police officers and then not get arrest not get arrested. Like they took him to the hospital, but then you have to assume he's going to jail after that for yeah. beating up some US marshals. Weirdly the most it was a it was a good beatdown for what it was worth. You know, anytime you can suplex somebody in handcuffs 10 times, it's a good beatdown. The F5, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The most uh, harrowing part for me was when was when Lesnar came back to tip over the gurney. And it didn't. didn't and, it, and he had to like slide it. And then by the time he actually got it tipped over, Roman was too close to the, yeah, the, the ring wall. And, the it, and I was like, oh, that'd be terrible if his ankle snapped in half because of this stupid gimmick that he's actually strapped down to a, yeah. to a gurney. Yeah, it did not look great. 
But for the most part, that was a good beatdown. I just didn't like the logic of he's going to beat up these cops and then why is he there? To beat up these cops in the first place, like shouldn't they have taken him away before he yeah, even got for the all cut of, of promo? Yes, just for like, all of Roman's anti-establishment tendencies in the past, he's not been shy to call out various heads of state in the WWE. He's never seemed like a particularly reckless guy. Like that was Austin's thing. It's just yeah. like consequences be damned, and that was fine. That made Roman sense. Reigns the character you would think, you know, would be aware of the real life consequences of beating up, uh, like policemen. Yeah, well, this begs the question. U.S. Marshals, sorry. This, 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 this brings up the big question. What's Roman Reigns' character? Maybe it's because his character is that he's in a SWAT team. <laughs> that he thinks the U.S. Marshals am, are I have been game. deputized as a member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. I am a hound of justice. Uh, yeah, it just, once the, the reality of it was, was bled out with him beating up fake cops who were obviously enta- enhancement talent from Dallas... Then it, I just it went back to being a, a wrestling angle. Yeah, but the beatdown was great. The beatdown was very effective. So speaking of realistic, uh, the other big thing that happened on Raw, the ultimate well, deletion. Well, ultimate deletion. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was fine. I'm. I. It does seem like Bray Wyatt's getting a repackaging. He went in the Lake of Reincarnation. Uh, that's great. I think we're all sick of Bray Wyatt doing the Bray Wyatt thing and give him a new, a new coat of paint. I just don't want him to lose the music. I don't want him to lose the name. I don't want him to do a thing where it's like like Abyss became uh, whatever Abyss is. I forgot. Joseph Park. Joseph Park. Park. Yeah, I don't want that because then that just feels silly. It's, it's it's he should still be Bray Wyatt, but a different kind of Bray Wyatt. What if he was the? What if they flipped it and he returned as the first member of the Strowman family? <laughs> now he's. I think he'll probably end up being a follower of, of Matt Hardy or something like that. But. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good that it was very much what that universe was in, in TNA. And it felt authentic. It didn't feel like a WWE version of it. It was clearly more expensive. Mm-hmm. But you still got the drone. You still got Senior Benjamin and the boat and the, and all that goofiness. We talked about this last week, right? That like I wasn't the- there last week, Doug. I, huh? wasn't here. I wasn't here last week. Who was here last week? <gasps> Dan St. Germain. Right. I remember that. And yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys talk about? Well, the point I, I think that I think I made this point in the show last week, which was like part of what may and this go always this goes back to the same thing with Daniel Bryan, the tension between what's real and what's not. What made the first final deletion or final the first deletion, the video. first deletion thing back at TNA so compelling was that there was a part of you asking whether or not it was deliberately bad. I think it was called the the first one was a final deletion, but yeah. I think you go back to the contract signing. That was like the first one where it was like, "What's what is this video?" Yes, but all that stuff, it was like no matter how much you heard about who was involved with the storytelling and like what I mean, the, the writing and everything, there was part of you that was like, "I don't." It's like the room. I don't know how deliberate this is. Right. In WWE, that tension is gone. Yep. Because they just have all these producers and people saying like, "You have the template. You're just rebuilding it. You're redoing a thing with a different crew." You know. Yeah, it's like any sort of sequel to a comedy, like a big blo- a blockbuster comedy. What did you think movie. about it overall? On its own, separate from what the, the, the you know, what has come before, just as a piece of cinema. <laughs> I thought it was a fun TV segment. I thought it was nice that you got something a little different on Raw, especially to close the show. I thought that was kind of a wacky choice. At the same time, like, they don't care about hour number three at all. It's sort of like whatever. In hour three, the, the viewership yeah. goes down no matter what. Because it's late, 
Um, so it felt like the last sketch on an SNL. Yes. Episode. Yeah. I was like, we're I, just taking a chance. I, wish, I hope they keep going with it. Not every week, but I hope that this is a thing they come back to. I hope that there is a, that there is a, this is a parallel universe. And basically like everything that's ever happened in WWE history with like shadowy outside of the arena camera work is part of this universe. Yeah. It's like everybody, like every time when the Undertaker has been like, that'd be, if they're just like walking through the next episode of Ultimate Deletion and Undertaker is digging a hole in the background, <laughs> you know, or just like, like every, like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin is throwing the championship belt off a bridge in one scene. You know, like anytime you're on, you're out of the arena in the real world. It's all happening at the same time. Yes, it's all, <laughs> this is all happening in this deletion verse. I think that's hilarious. I, I'm, I just don't want it to continue falling back on the things we've already seen. There were new elements to it. Uh, the whole thing in the dome of deletion with the lawnmower and the wheelchair, and them playing hide and seek in the dilapidated men funeral or nothing, yeah. but like graveyard, whatever. That was the first part where I, where I had a little twinge of like, are they doing this right? Just the 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 you know Benny Hinn shit that that was happening then. <laughs> I don't. In retrospect, I don't have any problem with it, but because that's. That's Matt Hardy territory. That's deletion territory. That's fine. And it's worked and it's, but it, but it was, but that I think, and that's part of probably why it's going to end up being really effective is because that part was the most different from, you know, from the Wyatt family versus the new day, like the WWE's previous iterations of this stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, the just the reckless comedy. The, yeah, it's pure silliness, and uh, which Michael Cole <laughs> mentioned before he threw to the. So package. now this is the big thing that people are talking about. That Michael Cole was so harsh on it about about this segment that people think that Michael Cole is going to be a part of this storyline. I think that's certainly possible. It could also be the other thing where it's just Vince McMahon saying you got to cover for this in case people Vince, hate it. But if it. Vince wasn't, if, you, if your theory is right that Vince wasn't there, yeah. then but, it's probably not Vince. But then it? the other, the third sort of, I think, more realistic version of why he said that is this is something that exists outside of WWE, right? This is not traditional WWE content. Right. So the more that you emphasize that WWE as the evil corporation is against it, the more fans become excited about supporting it. Great it's the call. same thing with Daniel Bryan. As long as Daniel Bryan is against the authority and does things that are distasteful to the voice of the company, be that Michael Cole or Stephanie McMahon or whoever, the more people are going to love him. So I think that there's a little bit of that there. I, I, I try to, to give them the benefit of the doubt unless I know better. But I think in this case, they had some, there was some thought put into making sure this felt like it was different. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's it for like exciting things that happened on Raw. Yeah, uh, we had some more Sasha Bailey stuff, but I mean, that's whatever. Um, and nothing really exciting happened on SmackDown except for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it was, I, I said on Twitter that it was a really great advertisement for WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, in that every angle was sort of touched on. Um, but it told one complete story, and at the end of it, if it was still a pay-per-view, you would press the button on your TV and order the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really hard for them to do sometimes. I mean, everybody's doing God's work here. Um, yeah. Natalia and Charlotte were, were pretty good. Yeah, I think Charlotte— The, the Uso stuff has been fantastic. That was a great promo yeah. from them. Another great promo from them, and I liked the match. 
It wasn't the smoothest match because of the height difference. Sometimes that's awkward, but uh, I, I, I'm excited for that match. Um, and I think Charlotte losing to Natalia is a little strange if she's going up against this undefeated monster and she's not the like the clear baby face because they're both baby faces. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going there and the Carmella stuff is confusing. But Charlotte looked like a million dollars. She's clearly a huge draw in the making. Uh, I just don't think she's going to win. I think she's doing the favors. She's, she's doing the job. I mean, it, I that, that so. makes a lot more sense. Yeah, just you from keep, a storytelling point yeah, of view. You keep building it up, and, and uh, Asuka losing her streak is akin to who's going to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. By the way, they uh, talking about advertisements for WrestleMania. They did a great job. I mean, they've done a, a bunch of good little things. Well, Oscar versus Alexa Bliss this week on Raw was really good and did a good job of keeping Oscar in the spotlight. You know, Alexa can lose. That's fine. Yeah, nobody. I don't think. I don't think she's less over if she loses. And shout out to Nia Jax because I think as little as I cared about that angle mm-hmm. before last week and this week, uh, I care. And more than I didn't care before now, because I think they 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 finally picked up on what the compelling story is. There is Nia Jax is not like most girls, as you've heard, because of her size. And Alexa Bliss is the mean girl at lunch in high school. Yeah, and that's the story. And except when she's tag team with Braun Strowman, yeah. and then <laughs> right. she's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, uh, I think I think Nia Jax is surprisingly going to be an effective babyface for Raw. I think so too. And I think it's a great example of I mean whether or not it works. It's like if what you have isn't isn't clicking, just do the opposite, do the other thing. Yep. It's I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're back where you started, you lost a couple of weeks, you know? I mean, it's not that big. Or you turn into the big show and you have no you have no motivation anymore. That's the dark side of that. Sure. You just you try too many things. Or Mark Henry who's going into the Hall of Fame. We haven't even talked about that. That's how big of a week this is. Oh man, Paul I got my, to the Hall of Fame. I got my tux ready for the Hall of Fame. I can't wait. You don't really have a tux. No, and I'm not going. I don't think the Hall of Fame's tough. It's a tough hang. It's a long, long night. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a sneaky thing about the the Hall of Fame induction ceremony that a lot of people don't know is that it's actually uh, on the network. <laughs> yeah, I, I can watch it from my hotel room. You can watch it from a car in the parking lot of the yeah. Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. Unless you're there and you're talent and you're, you know, in the front row and you're, you know, you've had Obligated some to go. So Is that you're forced <laughs> to go. But I think some, I know, I know some people last year had a good time is all I'm saying. Yeah. No. You I get mean, a little loosey goosey. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what the best case scenario would be. Like maybe if you had a really nice box, a really nice suite. Yeah. But then you would, I guarantee then, like, like 30 minutes in you and your buddies would be like a little bit too drunk and you'd just be like. Fantasy booking. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> talk, that's a well, lot of I fun. Mean, that's what I do at Raw most of the time yeah, is just like have a couple drinks and start talking through the show. True. Anyway. Um, I think that Jim sent me a bunch of uh, tweets of wrestlers responding to Final Deletion. Ultimate ultimate Deletion, sir. Ultimate Deletion. Um, oh, yeah. I got everybody's that Everybody's really email. into this. Hulk Hogan tweeted about it. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's always angling for a job. <laughs> How can I be in the next one, brother? Hogan just said, I'm deleted HH. <laughs> Does he I, sign HH because he has someone tweeting promotional stuff that's not him from his account? Maybe. Or did he just see Hillary do it and ripped her off? It's just my it's my favorite Twitter gimmick of all time. HH? Me and, me and Zach Linder, friend of the pod, Zach Linder, tweeted each other. 
with that uh, signature all the time and tw- and text each other with that signature. Oh, man. Um, I hope they do it again. I'm going to start signing mine. HH? Yeah. Don't uh, do a DS because we have the same... I we know. have the same... Uh, it's very confusing. Initials. Oh, there you go. Um, or just like M&M's the candy? Yeah, or... Uh, yeah, I guess that's an issue. Or the wrapper, though we didn't spell it that way, guys. Um... So Daniel Bryan's back, <laughs> bringing it back around. Full circle. I I could not get any work done yesterday after that announcement. I was just like you, like you. I was in the K hole of oh god, I got to read all the Daniel Bryan stuff I can. It's great. I gotta show. I I got to show the kid all who Daniel Bryan is. That's gonna be fucking awesome. Oh yeah, you got to just go through the the WWE Network collection of all of his great. Do matches. they have playlists yet? They don't. Yeah, they have the collections. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you go into the vault or whatever and there are collections for all your favorite WWE superstars. Even all the some best old matches. timers. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. This is gonna be good. There's an Alexa Bliss one. Well, you did say all my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> that that Kendo stick match from uh Extreme Rules with, with Bailey is probably I, on there. <laughs> I love the Kendo stick match, but it's still hilarious. You did? Just the vision of her holding a Kendo stick that's literally taller than she is. <laughs> It's like when Big Show had the big chair, you know, or whatever. That's, uh, you know. I loved when she was in the ankle lock on Monday night and her arms were doing that. Like, they look like rubber. Yeah. Because they're so small and she can do that thing where it looks like she broke her arm. Ugh. It was um, unpleasant to We got to get out of here. Final thoughts. Let's do, let's do this. Two questions. Yep. One, how long do you think this has actually been in the works, Daniel Bryan's comeback? And two, totally separate question. If the doctors come out and they're like, Daniel Bryan can actually only work SummerSlam and that's it, who are you putting him in the ring with? Okay. So at question number one. The how question long number has one. I think it's been in the works for six months. I think they were waiting for the most impactful moment to do it. I think once that angle started with Shane and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, it was clear that they were going somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were talking about it and the chatter started. And they could keep it. It's good that they kept it. I'm sure I'm sure that regardless of how excited they are for Daniel Bryan coming back and make no mistake WWE is very excited that Daniel Bryan's <laughs> back on the active roster. Yeah. He's is he their biggest star? Ronda Rousey is their biggest quote unquote star. But like is he I mean is he he might be a bigger draw than Roman Reigns. Certainly he's with Brock Lesnar leaving. He's I mean he's a thousand percent a bigger draw than Roman Reigns. Uh, I mean, who knows? Roman Reigns obviously does better in those categories than we give him credit. Than some people, sometimes we give him credit for. But regardless, they're excited that he's back. The comeback tour is but, a draw. But regardless of whether or not, regardless of how excited they are, I get, I, I, I can totally imagine, you know, all the decision makers sitting in a room and Vince being just like, just keep him off, fucking Royal Rumble. <laughs> Let's not do this again. You know, yeah, I think they should was- just announce that Daniel Bryan's back and he will never work a Royal Rumble again <laughs> just to avoid the yes chance throughout the whole exactly. show. Exactly. No, I think it was six months ago. I think they've had conversations. They've been dotting their I's and crossing their T's and all of that good stuff. And I think it was probably firmly, finally decided a month or two ago where it's like, we're definitely doing this. That, seems, that, like a, that seems like about right. Second question is who do you want to see him wrestle and it's between and this is gonna sound crazy AJ Styles and Roman Reigns yeah I want to see Roman and Daniel Bryan not the match that they had done a, a few years ago but one where it's Roman Reigns as a heel Daniel Bryan as a clear baby face and that being you know a massive Wrestlemania 
but he, him wrestling AJ Styles would be a five star classic, six stars in the Tokyo Dome, brother. Um, yeah. What do you think? How many times have they wrestled? Reigns and no, no, and, no, AJ, AJ and, and, and Brian. I don't even know. Um, I'm just glancing now. Here's an IWA Mid South match. Oh, okay. Um, there's that a, on YouTube? I think there's a Ring of Honor match. Um, yeah, there's they've crossed paths a few times. I'd like to see it though, you know, on the grandest stage of them all. But yeah. I think Roman versus Daniel Bryan is the money match. Yeah, I mean, you get to see him run through all of his old, uh, you know, Samoa Joe, uh, John Cena. Well, certainly, I mean, that's that's going to go down as, you know, an epic feud. Brother-in-law versus brother-in-law. Yeah. With a Bella in each corner. <laughs> I'm into that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where that's where my head's at right now. I want to um, see that. Yeah, I mean, I just can't. I can't wait. There's, like, so many people. Nakamura. I mean, even the, even the you know... Jinder Mahal's of the world would be a fun experiment. <laughs> I know. I just want to see him wrestle. And I got to say, and I said this a lot on Twitter yesterday when I was, you know, uh, on my high, this might, this could, this potentially, I'm not saying it will, but this potentially could be the best WrestleMania of all time. It has that, it has. Way the, to undersell it there, man. <laughs> it has the potential. It has the, the, the matches. It has all of the juice to be as good, if not better, than WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 19, if everything comes to fruition. We'll see. I mean, the card is stacked. It's absolutely stacked. If you're not excited for WrestleMania now that Daniel Bryan is coming back, then there's nothing that will ever excite you. I had a lot of people get in touch with me yesterday, people who don't text me about wrestling, who are not week-in, week-out fans, who who were like, holy shit, is Daniel Bryan really back or is this fake? People are excited. It went from being say, fun to being like, to, oh, this is... To go back to that question show. about how long this has been in the works, I just want to point out for the conspiracy theorists out there that Ring of Honor published, the, put put the, this Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles matchup for free on January 11th of this year. This wasn't like, oh, we put this up, you know, when something... Maybe, did something big happen just then? Is that right after AJ Styles defended the title or something? I think he had just won it. Did he just win it? But still, if you were thinking... Oh, no, he had won it back in November, my bad. If you were thinking that this is... You know, that maybe this rumor had been circulating in circle, certain circles. I'm sure it's been circulating. I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's, we talked about it forever ago. Hey, Jim. Yep. Can you play that clip where Dave and I predicted this six months ago? <laughs> sure. Uh, March 20th. is the, I think that's the day that Brian's going to come back. March 19th or 20th, somewhere in that range. It's in that week. Yeah. I don't want to, because if I just say it's the 20th, then I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah. Um, well, that was really cool that we were able to predict that. It's so neat. I, I Jim, No one ever gives us credit, but that's fine. Jim, thank you for going back into the archives uh, six years and finding that clip. You're welcome. Uh, we only have two episodes left before WrestleMania. Or less if we just stop doing episodes. <laughs> this could be the go-home show if you want. <laughs> We're, I, I have a torn meniscus, and I just can't do a podcast next Dr. week. Dr. Maroon has uh, prohibited me from podcasting for the foreseeable Shouts future. Shouts out to the man Maroon. Um, that's not true. That was totally a joke. I don't need any lawsuits in my life right now. Thank you, Dave, for mm-hmm. being here as always. Mm-hmm. Jim, thank you for being a friend. 
Uh, we travel down the road and back again. Thank you to Daniel Bryan. Thank you, Daniel. God, he's the greatest, yes. the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling is back. <laughs> this is a huge, this is a big week. It's hard to wrap your mind around. This is like if Austin came back. If Austin came back and he was magically 32. Yeah, I mean, if he had come back after two years. It's like if he came back in 2004 5. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Stone Cold's back. It's true, but part of what makes the Daniel Bryan return so exciting, I know everyone's going to be begging for him to be in the main event and he deserves to be there, but what makes his return so exciting is that he's a worker, you know, that he mm-hmm. could, like, he's, we're going to get great, we're, he's going to put guys over, he's going to be an important part of the the machine. Wow. I'm, th- I'm thrilled. Anyway, forget it. Uh, Give me a New Orleans stat. Yes. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for celebrating this wonderful moment in wrestling with us. Um, apologies to Dean Ambrose for not being on the list of uh, <laughs> most exciting Daniel Bryan opponents, although that would be really fun. Has not been cleared by uh, Dr. Maroon. It's only a matter of time. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. Wouldn't it be great Daniel Bryan's opponent is just Seamus and he kicks him in the head and knocks him back into retirement? <laughs> I would be into that. This would be a great troll. Seamus, and then Seamus retires after that so he can't even get the win back? Yeah, so, the- so does Daniel Bryan. No, he knocks him right back into retirement. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. It would be the best. That's, that's how I would book it. Book it! Credible.com is an online marketplace for student loan refinancing. Using Credible.com's simple platform, it takes less than two minutes to find out if you're overpaying on your student loans. You could save thousands of dollars by refinancing. All you have to do is visit Credible.com slash maskedman, answer a few quick questions, and right away you'll get real rates, not ranges of rates, but real rates from multiple lenders. Checking your rates will not affect your credit score, so you really have nothing to lose. The average user who refinances through Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan. And for a limited time, my listeners will get a $200 welcome bonus when refinancing through Credible.com slash masked man. That's Credible.com slash masked man.